Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new episode of Nightlife with Alyssa Knight. Alyssa and other Nightlife guests will explore the trichotomy of passions in Alyssa's life. Cybersecurity, content creation, and entrepreneurship. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hey, what's up everyone? Alyssa Knight here. Welcome to a brand new episode of Nightlife on ITSP Magazine. In this episode, I'm going to be covering the most requested content across my different social media platforms, which is how do I become a hacker? Now, obviously, I'm not going to be able to cover 21 years of experience in me becoming an ethical hacker uh, within a 30 to 45 minute episode, but um, I'm going to at least give you the step-by-step process on what you need to do in order to become a penetration tester. Now, I'm not going to assume that any of you watching this episode have worked in cybersecurity or are in cybersecurity now and are trying to change jobs. I'm simply going to assume that you've either never been in cybersecurity before or are working in cybersecurity now. It really doesn't matter. This is going to be the playbook that you need to follow in order to become an ethical hacker. So first and foremost, while It sounds exciting to want to go ahead and immediately jump into developing or writing exploits or writing Ruby modules for Metasploit or just wanting to learn how to program in order to write exploits to be a hacker. Um, One of the things that I can tell you is that you do not need to be a developer in order to be a hacker. Uh, This is a huge misperception and there's a lot of people on social media who would argue the antithesis of that. But I will tell you right now that in the 21 years of experience that I have, uh, you do not need to be a programmer in order to be a hacker. So if you're steering away from being an ethical hacker simply because you don't want to learn programming, you don't know how to program, it, it, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. You do not need to be a programmer in order to be a penetration tester. Now, some of the best hackers that I've ever met don't know how to program. I have no interest in learning how to code and uh, I never will. I'm more artistic. I don't, the idea of staring at lines of code all day doesn't excite me, Um, but that doesn't preclude me from being a penetration tester. Okay, so let's get into it. Step one, operating systems. You need to understand how to administer operating systems. If you're going to be hacking a Linux box, you might want to know Linux commands, right? Or if you get a shell on a Windows machine, you're going to want to understand things like the net use commands. So understanding operating systems is paramount to being a penetration tester. Now, my advice on that is if you don't know Linux, install Linux. My favorite distro is Ubuntu. I do not lean towards the hacker distros like Kali. I think they're great operating systems. I I think it's awesome to be able to install in a single ISO an entire hacker's operating system with all the tools that you would ever want on it. But if the point is learning, then part of that learning process is installing hacker tools, installing Metasploit, installing or compiling .c files or installing Python in order to run Python scripts. 
that learning process of how to install an operating system like Linux will go a long way. So definitely learn Linux, learn Microsoft Windows, jump into a CMD shell or command shell and learn those net use commands. You won't always have a graphical user interface when you're hacking a machine. So understand how to navigate around within Linux, like stopping and starting services, being able to cat the Etsy shadow file to see if the account you tried to add to the system actually worked. Um, you know, all of these things are important. Know where the log directory is in Linux, which is varlog. Know how and where Windows stores events. All of those are very important. Uh, one of the things that I would definitely say is, you know, memorize as many of the net use commands as possible. A lot of the times when you're hacking, you know, it's typically in a penetration test, you're in a Windows environment. Your victims, your the hosts that you're targeting are typically in a Windows Active Directory domain. So more often than not, let's say for example, Eternal Blue or any other uh, RCE or remote code execution will give you a remote shell on the Windows machine. So being able to use net use commands or know what they are, like being able to find the host name of the Active Directory server, or list users on the machine, or find domain admins or enterprise admins in the environment. All of those are commands that you're gonna to wanna to learn how to use. I, you don't necessarily have to memorize the commands and all the switches. What I typically do is maybe about 10, 15 years ago, I created a spreadsheet of all of the commands that I use typically in a Windows environment when I'm hacking a Windows machine. So, you know, Work smart, not hard, <laughs> is the best advice I can give you. you. Your brain isn't meant to memorize absolutely everything. That's what we have things like notes for. So store information like your net use commands, um, typical SQL injection statements for MS SQL, Oracle, depending on the backend database, the SQL injection commands are gonna differ. Right, if you're targeting MySQL or PostgreSQL or MS SQL, all of those are gonna be different SQL injection commands. So store those in your spreadsheet. So I have an entire workbook that I'll probably publish along with this episode on the, the typical commands that I use in, in a hack. Uh, this goes the same for Linux. Uh, so store your commands in Linux that you might want to use or uh, not have to continuously Google in the middle of a penetration test. Don't get me wrong, Googling is definitely a skill that you're gonna wanna, or a craft that you're gonna wanna develop, um, but you don't wanna spend too much time constantly Googling the same net use commands, for example, over and over, when you could just find them once and then write them in a spreadsheet. So operating systems and command usage is step one. Step two is networking. I started out as a packet monkey. I used to love looking at packets. You know, I, I would run TCP dump and then compile and run an exploit and take the payloads from those packets and generate snort signatures. For those of you who remember the snort IDS days, um, I actually played with Shadow, which was uh, a tool that was developed out of the Naval Surface Warfare uh, Center and um, uh, was really coined as one of the first IDSs. And so, you know, looking at packets and understanding networking is very important. 
my advice is go out there and actually purchase a copy of the CBK for the CISSP, which is the Common Body of Knowledge, and read it. Don't, you know, don't read it necessarily just to get your CISSP certification because certifications are not everything, and I will talk about that in this episode. But, you know, go out there and read it. You, and my advice, focus on the networking section, focus on the operating system section, focus on the application security section. There's a lot of knowledge in the CBK, pun intended, uh, for uh, understanding the things that I'm talking about. Uh, so thing, basic things that you're going to want to understand are like the OSI model, the TCP IP internet model. So, you know, the seven layers of the OSI, like application presentation, session transport network, data link, physical, and then the TCP IP internet model, which is basically the headers of the packet, which is the application layer, uh, the protocol layer, the IP layer. So if you imagine a packet traveling down the stack, starting from the application layer where the data is, it will append headers to that data or that datagram before it hits the actual network. Uh, so the TCP IP internet model, in my mind, uh, is basically emblematic of a packet. Um, so that's some things that you wanna uh, look into. So understanding networking, like the TCP three-way handshake, when my computer is attacking another host, what happens in that process? Understanding that my computer will first send a SYN packet the response will be a SYNAC and then an ACK if it's a TCP session um, is the TCP three-way handshake. So understanding those basic networking concepts are important. You can't be a penetration tester and not understand basic networking. Um, understanding the difference between TCP and UDP and the fact that a port is can either be a TCP port or a UDP port understanding what ping is and ICMP and the different protocols, understanding the idiosyncratic nuances between TCP and UDP, all those things are important to understand. You need to be able to get, you know, connection oriented and uh, connectionless uh, and the importance of the fact that UDP doesn't guarantee delivery of every packet. Uh, and why it's used in particular situations uh, over others when speed, not necessarily um, uh, quality or ensuring delivery of every packet is important. Uh, so all of those things and those concepts are important for you to understand. So step one, operating systems. Step two, networking. So when you connect to a website, understanding that you're actually connecting to a port, where a web server or a daemon is listening on, and typically that's TCP port 80. In the terms of a proxy, it's 8080. Of course, that can be changed, uh, but uh, also 443 if it's SSL or HTTPS. So understanding that when you're communicating with a server, whether it's SSH, TCP port 22, Telnet 23, FTP 21 and 20, data transmission in an FTP session is sent over TCP port 20 and commands and authentication are done over port 21. So all of that is important to know. So understanding the protocols and the port numbers associated with specific protocols like HBHPS, AD443, um, you know, SSH port 22, all of these things are important. It's not 
necessarily bragging rights at a cocktail party or things that you're gonna but if you're looking at a packet or if you know let's say for example uh, eternal blue is a, uh, exploiting vulnerabilities in SMB you might want to know what port number that is uh, especially if you're going to transition over to doing security uh, analysis or event log analysis, uh, you, you want to know what you're looking at when you're looking at packets for particular port numbers. Uh, understand ephemeral ports and anything over port 1024. Um, all of those things are important. For example, if you want to be able to bind a service to anything uh, like a server port, anything under port 1024 requires root privileges or administrative privileges on the operating system. Um, understanding network interface cards or NICs on your machine, just basic networking. Okay, so we discussed operating system knowledge, networking knowledge. Once you've got those two things down, which isn't going to happen overnight, it's going to take time. But mastering those concepts and understanding them, basic command usage on your operating systems, using Linux as your desktop. I used Ubuntu for the longest time as my workstation. I started out on Slackware, then I moved into Red Hat, and um, eventually settled on Ubuntu. I've tried different Linux distros, yes, uh, but I, I always just kind of fell in love with Ubuntu and, and used it ever since. Um, now I'm on a Mac. Obviously, all my machines are Macs. Uh, but anyway, uh, that is actually, macOS was uh, completely overhauled and, and was built on a BSD kernel. And you can actually compile Linux apps on a Mac now, which is really cool. All right, so understanding systems and operating systems, understanding basic networking. After you've done all that you can, and you know that you want to be on the red team, you, want, you know you want to be a penetration tester and not on the blue team and SecOps, um, or uh, security operations centers and working as a security analyst, you know you want to be a pen tester. Then once you've mastered those two things, you want to work on actually developing your craft as a pen tester. Back when I started penetration testing and getting into this, I originally came up through the BBS scene, got into phone hacking, which is called phone freaking and um, blue boxes, building blue boxes, banana boxes, black boxes, red boxes, uh, back when all that stuff worked. Don't try, it doesn't work anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, those were, those were pretty much the days. Like Alt 2600 um, and FRAC, if any of you remember reading that ezine. Um, so, you know, that, that was my coming up story. So I got very involved in internet relay chatter, IRC and BBSs and, and started trading exploits, looking at the source code, understanding what they did, running them. Remember again, I'm not a programmer, so it's not like I sat there and microanalyzed the source code, but I typically would compile them and then run them and look at them at a packet level, looking at them at layer three, understanding in Wireshark or at the time, um, uh, ethereal <laughs> is what it was called um, before it was renamed Wireshark uh, and speed up and saving them as PCAP files and looking at them, understanding what the stimulus and response was with the exploits. I would definitely recommend you do that. It, it will tell you a lot about how exploits work. Uh, it will help you understand port numbers and what ports these exploits are targeting. Uh, at the time, we didn't have sites like ExploitDB. So I would recommend going out, checking out that site, looking at what exploits are available for download, and then uh, putting them on your test host 
your Linux box and running them. See what they do, record the packets, fire Wireshark and look at the packets or TCP dump and, and learn BPF filters and uh, Wireshark filters, display filters, capture filters, and look at the packets, look at the payloads, look at what the exploits are doing and understand them at a, at a, just at a visceral level and understand them, get in the weeds and, and, and get that stimulus and response from those exploits. So once you've toyed around with exploits, you've got your Linux destroyer, you're all set up, you're ready to go, you've mastered those first two steps, start developing your craft as a penetration tester, start playing with exploits and download purposely vulnerable distributions. You need to figure out, okay, are you gonna be targeting you know, Windows machines and a Windows network? Are you gonna be targeting Linux servers? Or do you wanna be a car hacker? Go buy a copy of Hacking Connected Cars written by Alyssa Knight. Or um, you know, if you wanna be an API hacker, any one of those particular tracks are okay. Uh, or all of the above, you don't have to niche yourself. You can be any kind of pen tester. Uh, but just remember that just because you're a pen tester doesn't mean you know how to hack a telematics control unit. It's, it's, it's possible to niche yourself and, and only focus on hacking particular types of things and that's okay too. There are no wrong answers to any of this. Do you, whatever that is, but um, do it well and, and seek out answers and, and be hungry to learn. Don't DM people on Twitter and LinkedIn telling, asking them, teach me how to hack. Right? You learn. I had to learn on my own. A lot of the other penetration testers that are out there had to learn on their own. Back when I started hacking, there was no LinkedIn. There was no Google. There was no Google. There was no YouTube. There was no securitytube.net. There's all of these resources that are freely available to you. Don't tell me, Alyssa, I can't learn on my own because I can't afford it. There are so many free resources out there for you. Um, back when securityfocus.com existed, we were so excited because we had this place where all these white papers and articles could be read and published on how to do certain things. Um, you have so much data and, and uh, information available to you today uh, that all you really need to do is find the time to read it. So download a purposely vulnerable distro. Let's say, for example, you want to be an API hacker. Uh, I have some great videos on my YouTube channel on hacking APIs, like hacking banks through their APIs, hacking federal and state law enforcement vehicles through their APIs. But you want to download a purposely vulnerable API like Juice Shop or um, Tiredful API is another one. Uh, another one is Pixie. So you can download these purposely vulnerable APIs and then hack away at them. They have challenges and guides for solutions just in case you don't know how to do something. That's the beauty of, of just why it's so exciting to be alive today. You have so many things available to you, so many resources available to you. I didn't have purposely vulnerable distros when I was learning how to hack back in the early 90s. It, back then, if you wanted to hack something and you didn't have it, you couldn't afford to buy it, it was other people's networks you were playing on, um, which ultimately ended up getting me arrested when I was 17. But um, you have all these purposely vulnerable distros that you can download, like Hack Me Bank. 
if you want to be a web app pen tester. So depending on what you want to focus on, um, you know, there, I'm sure there's a purposely vulnerable distro for you. Uh, if you want to just play around with hacking Windows in general, grab a, a copy of VMware Player um, uh, or what is it, VirtualBox. And, you know, because you don't have to go out there and pay for an expensive VMware license. There's free alternatives for you. So there's also web-based sites, web applications now, where you can that have labs set up on the internet for you to, to attack. Um, so there's some great, there's a lot of resources out there available to you. Also, bug bounty platforms like BugCrowd or, or HackerOne or Synac make companies resources available to you to hack as well so if you want to become a bug bounty hunter uh, that's another option for you as well but definitely master this stuff first before you go out there wanting to become a bounty hunter um, so download those purposely vulnerable distros to play around on within your hypervisor uh, within uh, your virtual machine setup and uh, and hack away at that develop your craft get better using particular exploits master certain exploits. You know, a lot of hackers out there have their sort of go-tos, their Swiss army knife of exploits that they know how to use and use very well. Um, Metasploit modules, I would definitely recommend downloading and installing Metasploit. You don't have to install Kali Linux to use Metasploit. You can, you can install Metasploit on its own. Uh, so go through that process of installing Metasploit as well, because you'll learn a lot as, uh, in that process. Um, if you actually do want to get into development, uh, either developing exploits or developing or learning Ruby and developing Metasploit modules, that's okay too. Uh, it was just not something I was ever interested in learning how to do. Uh, but that doesn't mean that's, that's what was right for me that may not be right for you. So definitely learn Ruby if you want to learn how to develop Metasploit modules. Uh, there's other exploitation platforms out there as well. You can also learn nasal language and develop Nessus plugins uh, if that floats your boat or tickles your pickle, whatever. Um, there, there's a lot of options available to you uh, in, in this area. Um, but, you know, continue to develop your craft on purposely vulnerable distros. And then when you feel like you're ready and if that's something that you want to do, you can, you can pursue certifications. Let's talk about certifications for a moment. Um, certifications are not the end all be all. Don't let them define you. I did the whole GCIA thing, took the GX Certified Forensic Analyst course, GX Certified Intrusion Analyst, uh, Certified Ethical Hacker, um, all these things, including the CISSP. I let them all expire. They're for-profit corporations. They want you to continuously pay these annual fees. They want you to submit you for your CP credits or whatever credits. I got tired of it. I was speaking at conferences, publishing papers, publishing books, doing this, doing that. I just, and I didn't make time to submit my CPEs. My certification expired. Um, I don't know. It, it's, I, I'm not gonna knock it. Look, I've met some brilliant pen testers like Victor Westbrook had every certification under the sun. I was so proud of him. He, he, he worked for me at one point. Um, probably one of the best penetration testers I ever met. And, and he has pretty much every certification they offer um, out there. It was really impressive. Uh, but don't be your certification. Don't be your cert. Uh, it will get you past that interview. It, it will get you past that uh, initial gatekeeper if you're interviewing for a job like an HR rep who doesn't know anything about buffer overflows 
or IP addresses. It'll get you past that gatekeeper, but you still have to pass the interview. So remember that. So don't be the cert. I've had people with every Cisco certification offered come in for an interview and not be able to tell me the headers of a packet starting from the ethernet header in. How can you be a CCNA and not know what the headers of a packet are? Um, things like that. Uh, just remember there's certifications and there's knowing how to do things and there's knowing how to perform the, the responsibilities of the job. There's going home, memorizing the questions to a certification, and then taking the test, getting your certification, and then forgetting it a, a week later. So don't become the cert. Uh, it, it, if you don't want to pursue certifications, that's fine too. If you do, more power to you. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I'm just at that point in my career where it's just not something that I'm interested in doing. Um, but you know, just studying for these certifications and understanding them, understanding the textbook, understanding the mechanics of things is more important than the piece of paper itself. So with that, you know, that's the steps that you're going to want to follow on becoming a penetration tester. Some of these steps may take you years. They should take you years. Um, and that's okay. Uh, great things in your life aren't going to happen overnight. Anything easy isn't worth it. Anything hard to do is. So understand that this is gonna take time, it's gonna take patience, it's gonna take collaboration, meeting other penetration testers and understanding what their path was. Uh, this was my path, you know, I spent many years in my career starting out um, well, I started hacking when I was 13, but you know, my professional career, I started out as a sysadmin. I started out managing servers and understanding how to install Apache and, and troubleshoot send mail and you know, Qmail and getting servers up and running and setting up active directory forests, the system administration side. Then I learned network engineering and I understood how to install and configure Cisco PIX firewalls and Splat secure platform with Checkpoint and Checkpoint firewalls and Palo Alto networks and then playing with all these different vendor solutions, intrusion detection systems, intrusion prevention systems, SIM platforms. So I went through the whole uh, process of becoming a security analyst in a security operations center. But I started out as a sysadmin I moved into networking and I understood packets and routing and switching. Then I got into developing my craft as a penetration tester. Then I got into my developing my craft as a security analyst. So, you know, even though you want to start out as a hacker, understand that there's all this other basic rudimentary stuff, elementary things that you need to learn first and, and, and develop first. So with that, I'll leave you with the question of the day. What is your path? What path do you want to take based on what you just heard? Or what was the path that you took? Some of you watching this may already be in your place, in your career as a seasoned penetration testers. What path did you follow? Leave it in the comments in the video below. And thank you again for supporting me in my content and ITSP Magazine. With that, take care of yourselves and each other.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Nightlife on ITSP Magazine with Alyssa Knight. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.